Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Interstate Heating. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I'm speaking about southeastern Wisconsin, and I'm sure it's beautiful wherever you are. At least I hope it is. Today we are John Lehmanless. He's got a cold today, so he's not in. But of course, Danny Bush and myself, Tommy the True Newbauer, we are here today, along with our fine producer Greg. He's on the boards today, so. Uh, it is a wonderful day. You can catch us on both AM and FM. That's 1250 on the AM dial and at 105.7 FM, the fan on the FM dial. So uh, anyway, uh, we got a two hours of hopefully lively conversation, Danny, and not going off the rails too many times. <laughs> well. A lively two hours. <laughs> John's always good for getting us off the rails. Yeah. But then again, lately, I think we've been pretty good by our. Ourselves. We we've we've been doing that a little bit, yeah. I uh, go ahead. We do have a uh, a serious guest coming yes. in today. However, yes. uh, Kyle Drake uh, with the Wisconsin DNR. Uh, he's uh, been in administrative positions as well as works as warden. He a lot of multi duties, but Kyle's been our guest before. Oh, many times. So yeah. he should uh, he should be in here about the seven o'clock hour. We can talk a little bit of uh, deer hunting safety and. Uh, any other interesting things we can uh, draw out of Kyle? So yeah, and and I promise I won't tease him today. No. <laughs> I always like throwing him a curveball every now and then. He gives me that look, <laughs> and and I don't know if we'll probably won't field any calls of people calling in going those doggone paper licenses. Yeah. How can you attach oh. that to a deer? Yeah, I know. We're, yeah, I don't think. Uh, Greg, if anybody calls us at uh, 414-799-1250, you better screen the calls. Make sure they're not going to want to yeah, swear We can't have a bunch stuff. of Tom Newbauers calling in, a bunch of gripers. <laughs> yeah. bunch of gripers and grumblers. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. Definitely don't want that. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of funny. We talk about the license. I was up hunting last weekend uh, with Scott Olson up at the farm. And uh, I was up there, and it's it's comical, Tom. Every every year he gets up there, he can't find his release. So every year he has to drive into Sparta to buy a new release. <laughs> this is like the fifth year in a row. 
Uh, then his son Stephen locked the keys in their van, the only keys that he has for the van in the middle of a farm field. And uh, so I'm trying to keep Scott from killing his 12-year-old son Stephen. I said, hey, no problem, guys. We can reach through the top of the window yeah. and push the button or get a stick yeah, and just yeah. push it through and hit the automatic lock. So another disaster averted. Uh, let's see. What else did they lose? Well, thank goodness he had that window open a crack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Steven had locked the door. So then what happened next? What did we lose next? Uh, you know, uh, one of these days he's going to find those, all those releases in one spot where he said, well, I'm going to put these here so I know where they are and I won't lose them. Well, then, and then he forgets where. One of these days he's going to find like a half a dozen of them. Then, uh, well, then I got a call this week. He's asking if I had his boots in my car. No, no, don't know where the missing boots are. So it's just we get up there and where is the key to the shed? How do we get it? Oh, geez. And, uh, oh, yeah, then the night before, on Saturday, I gave him the key to the, to the big building there. I said, here you go. Or I left it in the door. I said, you got the key? He says, yeah. So the next morning he got up and he's texting me like crazy because I'm in the woods already. And he goes, where's the key? You got the key in your car or truck. I can't get in your truck. And then finally I got a hold of him. I said, dude, you have the key. Oh, crap. He had the key the whole time. Um, so it's always something. We're always trying to find something. But the, uh, the, the cool story is, is his son, Stephen, got a great 12-year-old son, shot a great big... Big, 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 big eight point. Oh, got a great, good big, for him. Great, big eight point. Yeah, he uh, Sunday. Um, I was gonna leave at about four, four o'clock. I was working on putting together a stand, which, by the way, I've never been a guy who likes to get something that isn't assembled. You mm -hmm. know, like when you get something years ago for Christmas and yeah. you had to put it together. Well, these deer stands, I gotta assemble it. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, Scott had done most of the hard work for me. I had to just do the stupid stuff, but that still took me hours. And uh, I looked way out across the field, because uh, well, first uh, a pheasant went flying by, so I'm looking down in the marsh, walk, watching this big rooster fly by. They're down there cackling, and I look up and I see Scott walking in the draw. I don't know how far, maybe three quarters of a mile away. And I thought, why, why is he out of his stand and walking? So I went and checked my text message, and sure enough, his son Stephen had shot a big eight point, and he, he had him sitting on the ground with the crossbow. And uh, he, so he's sitting on the ground, and, and he's hunkered down between these logs. You couldn't even see him. And uh, he, he, he says he'd just gotten done play with put, put his video game away. He had his, he had his <laughs> oh, phone God. playing a game. He says, yeah, uh, I just put it away about 15 minutes before. And he heard a grunt behind him, and he turned, and there's this buck rubbing its head on a tree 10 yards behind him. Oh. And so when he turned to, to look at it, the buck spotted him, and they had like a stare down for a long time. I think the deer was mesmerized by the shaking crossbow, because he says he had his, he was shaking, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm sure it saw the, little, the arrow shaking back and forth from underneath the bush. And the thing stomped its foot and, and stomped its foot, but then there was like a doe up the hill that it kept looking back towards. Mm -hmm. And when it turned to walk away, it stopped broadside and looked back one more time. And give him credit, he waited till he got the shot and he yeah. drilled it. And he ran up about 40 yards and piled up. And then when he called Scott, Scott couldn't even understand him. He was so excited. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great big when one. You say, when you say big eight pointer, you mean big rack or big bodied? Both. Both? Okay. Real beautiful rack. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, real nice rack. You know, speaking of forgetting stuff, 
my friend Dominic, <laughs> this was so funny yesterday. He calls me, and we're talking, and he must have been checking his. Now, we're talking on the phone, all right? He calls me on his cell phone, and he must have been tapping his pocket where he keeps his cell phone. And he says, oh, man, I must have left my phone someplace. I says, what do you mean? He says, oh, it's not in my pocket. I must have left my phone someplace. He's talking I says, it. you're talking on your phone. He says, oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? I've... I've done that too, and uh, did I did I tell you about talk about losing it? Did I tell you about when I took my mom to the doctor to have them check her out for some dementia, and the doctor says, uh, "I'm going to say three words, and I want you to remember these, and and I'm going to ask you what they are later." So they give three simple words. A couple minutes later, they ask my mom what the three words are, and she doesn't remember. But I don't either. <laughs> you don't and I'm either. thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Put me in a home. I've got dementia. I can't remember. That's one of the tests they do for concussions, too. Yeah. You know. Well, I've had lots of concussions, so I'm sure you know? there's that brain damage. It's going to show up in the later years, man. Yeah. When you can't remember them, then it's like, oh, oh, oh it's your time. You're going. God have mercy. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I guess we all do things that you think are so unbelievably stupid. I know. It's it's like, like talking on the phone, wondering where your phone is. Yeah, I, know. I have done that too. I've I've done it before, where I'm holding my keys, my car keys, in my hand, and then I go in my pocket and I'm looking. I go, no, like normally right. I I have them hanging from right. my my belt loop, right? And but this day I had it. I had him in my left hand, and I go to grab him on my right, and I go, oh, oh, where are my keys? And I was just about to walk out the door, so I walk back in the kitchen, and I'm, I'm looking here, I'm looking where the places where I put them, and then I realize, oh, they're in my hand, <laughs> in my you other know, hand. Oh, maybe we ought to have our callers call in with the dumbest thing they've ever done. Yeah. If anybody would admit to the dumbest yeah. thing you've ever done, because we've all yeah, we've all done dumb we've things. All, I oh, mean, yeah. like unbelievably dumb. We're you like. Know. Even, you know, in fishing and in hunting, especially, you know, we've all done dumb things. Like, for, <laughs> or like, like forget to tie the rope to the anchor and just reach over and boop, drop it in. Hey, <laughs> you know who did that to me? Did I tell you? Do you remember? Who yeah, did I that remember. to me? I Dan feel... Small from Dan's... Outdoor Wisconsin. Yeah, when him and I were doing the show for 30 years, and it's still on, Dan's of course. Small with Outdoor Wisconsin. We were, I'm here with Tom Newbauer. We were, me and Dan. Ready to throw anchors yeah, away. Me and Smallski were up on the Fox River, and I told yeah. him to throw the anchor in this one good spot. He threw it in, and I said, where's the anchor? Because I see the rope. And well, he said, well, the you anchor? told me to throw it in. Well, I said, Danny, Danny, Danny. <laughs> well, I, I don't fault Dan with that one because you would assume that the guy who owns the boat would has the, the rope an- tied to the thing? anchor. Yeah, don't ask me why it wasn't. I don't know. I think I would uh, clip the anchor. Oh, because the anchor was in a spot in one spot, and the rope was in another spot, and I had a clip on it where, you know, just a quick clip on the anchor. Was the clip and rope anywhere near the anchor? No, I think they were in well, two then, different. Or, then no, in, they could have been in the same spot. Because if it, if I think the they anchor, were laying. No, you know what? I think they were laying next to each other. Okay, well then I don't fault Dan because well, you do. don't look to see if that rope is tied on. <laughs> I do. I see, who, who do you got on the line? You made him buy you a new anchor too. <laughs> no, I didn't. Jizzler. I should have. I should have. Yeah.
We have Carl in Tosa who has a story for you guys. All right. All right, Carl. Hello, Carl. You dummy. What dumb thing did you do? <laughs> Called well, us. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know if we should go into that. This is a, a family program. Uh, you know, guys, one of the reasons I love to take a ride on the CEO of the train in the morning are the, shore, the stories that you share. Well, lo and behold, I thought my best nature moment would be in a blind, in a tree stand, or out fishing, but it happened in my kitchen yesterday morning. There, um, I'm reading the paper, uh, and I've got a, a, a kitchen with uh, uh, glass patio doors that look out in the backyard. And there's some turkeys that come in the backyard and start to feed, which isn't uncommon. I live in uh, Tosa, right near the Underwood Parkway. And so anyway, in comes a Tom, and he starts strutting around and displaying. And anyway, I'm watching, and he, he's getting closer and closer to where I'm sitting in the kitchen uh, by the glass patio doors. And suddenly, I realize that when you're outside sometimes, um, that the patio doors are like a mirror, and you, you can't see inside. And so all of a sudden, this Tom sees his own image, and starts to come up right by the windows and starts to do his strutting and his display. Well, I literally, quietly, get off my chair, put down my cup of coffee, and I crawl right up where I'm literally three inches away from this turkey doing this display on himself in, in, in the patio, like inches from me. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. So, in other words, Carl, you didn't do anything dumb. The turkey did. Well, the turkey <laughs> thought that it was looking at another turkey, yeah, right? Right. Exactly. So I one mean, would strut, and the yeah. other would strut. And you think I this mean, big boy ain't backing down? I mean, it's Wait, check was, out this move. Its, it's face was turning colors. It was iridescent. It was the most incredible thing I've, I've ever ever seen in my life. That is I mean, cool, though. You know, That's cool. The, it was literally, you know, close enough where, you know, I, I could touch it, but I was... But there was a window was between you. What, you yeah. what if you'd thrown the door open and went, ah! <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. That all of course, of maybe you would have went into the, it wouldn't be the flight mode, it'd be the fight mode. <laughs> yeah. You'd get attacked by a turkey. Well, you know, I, I was there probably, watching for like three minutes. Incredible. Well, the phone rang, and it just, you know, they all flew away. And, you know, who's calling me at 8 o'clock in the morning? But it's Donald Trump Jr. Oh, jeez. Oh, wait, it might have been Scott Walker or Paul Ryan with another nuisance political call. I know. There's tons of those out there. Boy, but, well, we'd be glad. But, uh, guys, I, okay. I had to share this with you. Well, you know, I, I, I thought my best moment for viewing nature would have been in, in a stand, in a blind. But it was... <laughs> On it was right. kneeling on uh, uh, on my uh, kitchen uh, kitchen floor. So anyway, guys, that's uh, that's a great the story. There is nothing better than to wake up on a Saturday morning listening to the crazy drain. Next right. time I go turkey hunting, I'm going to crawl with a mirror in yeah. front of me. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Take care. Appreciate Carl. it. We got to go to a break now. That's a very interesting story. That you can see interesting nature stuff in 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 cities. You know, it does I think happen. The mirror would work. Yeah, it would. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Stay tuned for more on 1057 FM, The Fan. 
Cooper, write and vote for president. <laughs> Welcome back. Did to you the know that state heating studios? Yes. Did you know that Alice Cooper was voted homecoming queen of the University of Houston? Oh, really? Awesome, I did not know man. that. Awesome. Did not know. Did that. he show up too? I, I don't know about that. All that. But I think it's when he was going to school there. Oh, really? Probably. Hey, I got a. He tri- probably ran as yeah. a joke. Yeah. He's a crazy guy. Sure, yeah. He's one of those guys. I think his dad was a minister. Yeah. Hey, I those got a trivia question for you guys. Ministers' kids always turn out the worst, man. Yeah. I got a trivia question for you guys. Name the Green Bay Packer wide receiver that, in his first catch of the NFL, it was a touchdown. Now, now, are you going back to like? Last week. Oh, last week. <laughs> last week. It's the only time it's happened. That Geronimo guy. Geronimo! Yeah. First catch you know, in the NFL. He was really good. Yeah. It'd be fun to be an announcer. Yeah. Geronimo! <laughs> touchdown! Yeah, his first catch as a receiver, his very first catch in the NFL was a touchdown. Hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's Great cool. win for the Badgers. Tough loss for the Packers. So, but anyway, yeah, we've got the football picking contest coming up, I folks. I, I think I really sucked again last week. I, I think my reign is over. Yeah, well, we'll see. What's that dementia we'll I was talking about? Yeah. The the football picking contest will is presented by Curly's Waterfront Pub, and that'll be happening right after the seventeenth seven fifteen break. After the six thirty break, we have the gut report, and after the six forty five break, we have the horn schwaggle presented by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages. Now. We used to have the rut report years ago. Yeah. Um, but I will get, we don't have it anymore, but here's my take so far, observations. Now, we were up uh, hunting, like I said, and Stephen shot a nice buck. And, it, and you know, it was cool, Tom, later in the back of my truck, and lo- I looked, and the inside of its, of its rack, yeah. there was all this, like, tree bark and stuff. Oh, yeah? You know, w- yeah. yeah, where he'd been rubbing, rubbing, yeah. rubbing. Um. And there was a scrape, apparently, right where he was standing on there. So uh, that definitely was a, a buck that he got because of the rut. But overall, we we saw some bucks moving. We saw a couple moving across the field, some smaller ones. But really didn't see, like, when it's really going, it's crazy. You're seeing deer running everywhere on the highway on the way home. You're seeing lots of scrapes. I, I, I found couple okay scrapes but then a bunch of old ones didn't see a lot of rubs um i think i think the it's really at least in the area where we're at it's yet to really bust loose into where it's crazy now the rut goes for like overall they say that the rut goes for not just a couple days it's like a you can go into december there's a second rut Mm -hmm. so i guess it's the level of activity that you're gauging but the crazy rut where where you can sit in a stand and see you know, three bucks run by within 30 minutes when they're acting stupid. We haven't seen that happening yet where we're at. We got a couple of emails, and you can email us, folks, at ceoguys at yahoo.com. This one is from Tex and the Big Rig. Come on, cold weather. Not enough deer killed on the Wisconsin-Illinois highways this week. Let's get rutting, little buckies. <laughs> yeah, that's just what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, he, he he wants to get rid of those uh, bucks on the, I mean, those deer on, on the road so he doesn't run them over and get hit them. And uh, we got another one here from Ralph. He says, how's musky fishing on Pewaukee? Ralph, I'll tell you what, musky fishing is great, and so is the musky catching. 
Fishing's always good, but the catching sometimes. Well, maybe <laughs> one of it our... It is good, yeah. Have you heard reports? Oh, God, yes. You yeah. have? I haven't talked to out, anybody. I've been out to Smokey several times this weekend. Well, you have? Yeah. There's, what do the uh, technicians... Uh, a lot of guys are coming in. have to say. There are guys coming in... Buying 10, buy, 12 Buying suckers. 10, 12 suckers, going out, sitting on a spot. Thank God for credit cards. Oh, my goodness. Suckers aren't cheap. No. Hundred well, bucks worth of suckers. Actually, at Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle Shop, they're the buy they're, three they're, get one free. No, they're in ex, they're they're less expensive than if you go to the other shops in the area. Yeah, have they got coupons less, for suckers? No, no, but they are. Well, that's what they're only eight bucks. What a John piece. ought to do? He ought to run it in those mailers they send out. Twenty <laughs> percent off suckers. Put a pe- picture of one of the fine technicians there. But. But he'd have to up the price then because at $8 a sucker, uh, it, like I said, it's the best deal around, you know, right now, you know, in this area. So, you know, other places are charging 10 and $12 a sucker. So it is a good deal. But, yes, Ralph, they are catching muskies out there. A lot of them are being caught. And the biggest one that I heard of, now there might be bigger ones. We right, don't, right. Not everybody comes Every- and tells the guys at Smokies. Right. Uh, biggest one I think I heard of was a 48-incher. Now, I did get an email from Dr. Sandy Flaster down in Chicago. Uh, he emailed me a picture that uh, one of his, uh, uh, Dan Laubush, I believe, who's local guy here. I've taken him fishing. Um, Dan is Sandy's financial advisor. And anyway, Dan had gotten an email from some dude with the, some guy sitting in the dark with a picture holding a alleged 52-inch muskie. And the guy had said, hey, this was caught right in your backyard. So Dan lives right out by us mm-hmm. there in Lake Country. But backyard, that could be Pewaukee, Oconomowoc, Okachi, hard to say which one. But, you know, mm-hmm. you're right, Tom, a lot of 50-inch-plus fish don't necessarily get reported by, right. you know. Yeah, guys don't want to say a lot of Some things. guys are tight-lipped because they think they're going to go back and get Ten more fifty-inch yeah. <laughs> fish from the same spot you know, in the next five days. That brings up another thing. Now, you know, if we talked, we talked a little bit about it last week. Like when a person catches a muskie that they're going to release, they usually measure it and take the girth. And then they do that that formula it with x squared ta- plus. No, it's with y, times a length. squared plus b squared equals c squared. No, it's length times. Uh, with times divided by something. I forget what it is. Right, right. There's a coefficient but, in there, yeah, Tom. But here's the thing. I don't always, whatever that weight comes out to be is always higher than what the fish actually is. I We've tested this out, I don't know how many times on different species of fish, you got the different formulas, and then we actually weigh them. And they always weigh less than what that thing is. Same you know. thing with my bathroom scale. You know, I get on it, you know, and it, it's my actual weight is never as heavy as what it tells you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. When it comes to, you know, we, we talked before, you know, all it, it's, every, it's like most muskie anglers' uh, pinnacle to hit is a 50-incher or a 30-pounder. Okay? That's like one of Pretty the... Pretty much. That's, that's one a of benchmark. The, yeah, one of the benchmarks. Now... You can catch a fish 50-incher, and it won't be 30 pounds. You know, that's possible. And it's also possible to catch a 48-incher that is over 30 pounds, yeah, you big, know? a big, big, fat one. The, but uh, but yeah. I don't trust when a guy says, yeah, I caught a 50-pounder. It was so many inches, and here was the girth. It was 50 pounds. Well, you don't really know if it was 50 pounds or not. Could have been 52. Could have been 45. 
you know, I, when I finally got, well, you've gotten a fifty-inch musky before. No, you? you never did. Huh? Nope. I, I still haven't hit it. No. Nope. I uh, for for years, I used to go up to Lake of the Woods. I, you know, I'd be trying to get a fifty-inch fish, trying to get a fifty-inch fish, and I'd get aggravated because one time, you hear about all these newbies who've never even musky fished, but they happen to have a some guys from their company, a buddy of mine invited me, and I went up and got a 50-inch on, you know, yeah. wherever, their first time, which that used to piss me off because I'm like, <laughs> you guys have not put your time in, man. Um, I'll never forget one time up at Monument Bay Lodge. I'd been up there busting. I mean, just busting. And, and came in to clean the fish. I had some uh, pike to clean because we ran out of food. So I'm cleaning pike so Steve Milliot would have supper that night. And some guy is in there cleaning a couple walleyes, and he goes, hey, do you, you, you come here much? I said, well, yeah, I've been in my third year. He goes, because, uh, he says, I went out on a reef my first time here, jigging. He says, I got a 51-inch muskie. And I was like, no, no, it's not always that that easy. But the guy was just amazed. He goes yeah. out a walleye fisherman, yep, yep. jigging and gets a 51-inch his first time up there, and I'd been up there throwing hardware till I dislocated my shoulder, so... Some guy named, I forget his first name, I think it was Mike O'Brien trolling uh, a Rapala oh. for walleyes up oh. on uh, the bay, what was it, up, up on Lake Huron, was it, or no, something? No, it no, was Georgian uh, Bay. Georgian, Georgian bay, bay, and his name was Doug O'Brien, Doug O'Brien, yeah, and he caught a 65-incher, or was 63. it a 65, 63 63. Incher. Now he's not fishing for muskies. He he doesn't. He's not supposed to catch that fish. In, in, interesting, <laughs> interesting story. Uh, where he was fishing, uh, the late Jack Burns, who was a great editor of Esox Angler Magazine, mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to uh, speak at a sports show years ago that he was at, and we shared a shared a, shared a room there um, at a motel. There went out for dinner that night with him and a bunch of people, Dave Fenora and some others. But Jack, when I got him talking. He actually was telling me some of these stories of these monster fish. Maybe, was that Lax Sewell, though, that he got that 63? I don't think that was. No, there. no, it was Georgian Bay. I remember that. Was it Georgian yeah, Bay? Yeah, well, there was, there was another monster fish over 60 inches caught. And uh, Jack told me that where that one was caught by this guy trolling, <clears throat> he had been out the fall before with some guy, and they had raised the fish, and they looked at each other and said, how big is that? And the one guy said, it's over 60 inches. <clears throat> and the following spring, big one over 60 inches was caught virtually on the same spot. Mm. He figured maybe the same fish. Maybe. Not that many fish 60 inches or not bigger. That, not that many of them. Hey, we got to go to a break. Yes. Real quick, the formula for yeah. Oh, yeah. calculating There's a like musky weight. There's yeah. three of them. They have the standard one, which is girth times girth times the length divided by 800. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, and then there's then there's one that uh, the hand muskies ends was Larry Ramsell and Larry Warren Ramsell Wilkinson. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is girth minus 0.75 times girth minus 0.75 times length divided by 800. And then the last one is a better take a calculator, folks, yeah. when you're out in the boat. Now you use <laughs> here's the D Bush formula. You ready? You take and use all three of them on the fish. Add those together and divide by three, and you'll have the most accurate. <laughs> there you go.
Hey, how do hey, I think how not? these national polls are working for elections? That, hey, that's all. Why not? You know, I, yeah, I should hey, have been we, a we statistician. Go to, we are way behind. We're way, way, way behind. Just we got to go to a break, folks. Get numbers. Yeah, when we come back, we will be doing the gut report, and then after that, we'll be doing the orange schwaggle. So stay tuned for more of Danny Bush and Tommy Newbauer. We'll be right back. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by V Marchese Produce and Discount Liquor. Well, you know, a lot of people shot a lot of ducks, right? And there are people who have ducks in their freezer right now, and they're going to be cooking those ducks. But even though ducks and chickens walk on two feet and they both have feathers, ducks and chickens are a lot different when it comes to cooking. Chickens, like the breast meat, has got to hit at least 160, 165, the The thighs and legs got to hit 175. But ducks, totally different. Duck breast meat only has to hit about 140. So when you're cooking your ducks, make sure you don't overcook them. They can be a little rare, okay? They can be a little pink in the middle, which makes them much much more tender. And uh, so just remember that. Ducks and chickens, even though they kind of, you think they're in the same family, they're really not. Ducks are different. You're not going to get sick if you cook them with a little pink in the middle, but they will be more tender. The Gut Report is brought to you by V Marchese Produce. When quality counts, you can count on V Marchese Produce. Insist on the best. You can visit them at vmarchese.com. And by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee, and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. We are coming to you live from the Interstate Heating Studios. And uh, when we were off the air, Danny and I were talking about measuring Yes, measuring fish. fish. Especially long fish, like muskies and northern pike. right. And catfish and sturgeon. <laughs> and and Tom brought up the, the point that if you take a tape measure and put it at the tip of the jaw and go to the tip of the tail going across the top of the body, you're going to get a bigger measure. Yeah, it's going to be longer because you got that curve involved, yeah. Or Pete Mayna was one of the guys who brought it out years ago is if you hold a fish vertically, actually. Uh, and measure a fish, that it'll actually, if you hold it straight up yeah, vertically and yeah. run a tape that that can actually give you a, a slightly longer measurement as well. Okay. Um, maybe the fish kind of stretches yeah. out. And there's, you're probably maybe going over part of the body again, maybe. Uh, maybe. Um, but the best way, tell them the best way, Tom, to measure well, your fish so you're not exaggerating and you're not telling you, a whopper. You need like a musky bump board. That's a, It's a measuring tape that goes like, they go up to like 60 inches. Right. And you lay it on it with the dreams. nose at the front. And pinch the tail like the DNR says. Yeah, that's the and, way to do it. And and uh, you were talking about 50-incher. You know, for years I, I was frustrated and uh, wanted to do like a golfer, you know, like break your, throw your cu- club or break my rod <laughs> over my knee. Uh, I think I actually did snap a rod over my knee in the boat one time trolling on Pewaukee. I, it was in a fit of rage, and I think the heat had gotten me delirious. And, again, that was maybe the early signs of my dementia kicking in. So 
anyway, my, my brother calmed me down one time. He had a talk, and he says, you know, Dan, he says, you're going to get your 50-incher. He said, but it's not going to be up in Canada. It's not going to be doing all this, going to all these places. He says, you're going to catch it right in your backyard. He says, it's just a matter of time. You're out there mm-hmm. catching all these muskies on Pewaukee. And sure enough, uh, it was 11 years ago, November 6th, 2004. What's today's date? Is today the 6th? It is. Wow. No, was, no, no. It's no. the 5th. Okay. Fifth. Well, it was on a Sunday. Yeah. I believe it was November, November 6th, 2004. Mm-hmm. The Vikings played the Packers at 7 o'clock that night. Uh, the client canceled because it was a light drizzle, m- m- not really cold. And I had three suckers in my live well. And at noon, I had nothing to do. Laundry, dishes, bills. I couldn't, you know, couldn't vacuum my f- uh, kitchen, I mean, uh, living room anymore. I, I was killing time. I thought, might as well go out and soak some suckers. And I was soak- drifting along with my feet up, eyes closed, arms crossed, just drifting along. Mm-hmm. When I, all of a sudden, click, 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 click. And I caught the one that was over 50 inches. Mm-hmm. And you, it's interesting, Tom, because I was fighting this fish, and I knew it was big. I, I thought, this is a 48-inch, 30-pounder. Because you were talking, mm-hmm. a real fat fish, four feet long, can be 30 yeah. pounds. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I think this is a 30-pounder. This is a 48-inch, 30-pound. And uh, I fought it and fought it, and, and I had to drop the net several times and hit free spool and, and, and fight it. So it was a great time battling it. And when I went to pull it in over the side of the boat, at the, it, it was raining, so the carpet was, was wet, because I know you shouldn't lay a fish down with slime and stuff. But mm-hmm. I real quick put its nose against the side of the boat, and I looked, and there was a, a leaf. Mm-hmm. There was a leaf. Um, so I, the tail's right at the edge of the leaf. So then I had this big, I didn't have a bunk board, but I had this big, long, musky ruler they used yeah, to have. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway. So I kind of... Shoved that up against the edge and looked, and I thought, holy crap, that's over 50 inches. <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> holy crap. I got a true 50-incher here. And, uh, yeah, so I, that's when I knew. But I wanted a mm-hmm. fish that was for sure, and later when I did get it on a board, yeah. it was 50 and a quarter inches. Oh, wow. That's excellent. Another buddy of mine measured, and he said, it's 50 and a half. I said, well, I'm not going to exaggerate. I guess if you really pinch the tail, you could get 50 and a half, but... You know the That's same the way thing. To do it. Measure it right. You know the same thing is true uh, with different lengths, depending on how you measure it for bass fishing. Now, when I used to fish a lot of bass tournaments, if you measure a bass on one side, it'll have one length. You turn it over, and it's either it's going to be like a quarter, eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch, either shorter or longer. Because you don't know which side is going to be the longer one. They and and I'll tell you what, and that's very important when you have a size limit, you know, on bass that let's say fourteen inches, and that 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 little quarter of an inch can make a big difference from being thirteen and and and, and seven eighths to fourteen and a quarter. I mean fourteen and an eighth. You know, making it legal or not legal. So that's why a lot of bass tournaments, if one was close, I'd say, hey, flip it over, measure the other side. Oh yeah, definitely. You gotta gotta keep that but in the mind. The other thing with bass tournaments, if you look at the, we gotta yeah. run here. Well, yeah, we really do. All right, we gotta do the horn schwaggle coming up next, folks. You wanna be a contestant? It's brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages in McGuanago. You can win a ten dollar gift certificate from Bucky's. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. And guess what? I don't care if you won before. Give a call. Well, no, you can't. I don't care. You can't won in the last month. Is because I got do you mean the last list. month. In the last month, you can't. Maybe Tex will try again. 
If you haven't won, you can keep calling until you win. <laughs> so somebody call 799-1250. Be a contestant. All you got to do is answer two out of three outdoor questions correctly, and you will be the big winner. All right, we'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, yeah, presented by Interstate Heating in Sussex. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Interstate Heating Studios. This is the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. We have our Hornswoggle segment now. And, uh, Greg, do we have a corn, lucky contestant? We do. We have Kurt in Sussex. Kurt in Sussex. How you been? Okay. Good, yeah. good, good. Good, good, good. Glad you called us again here. And uh, I'm, on the shooting, I'm on a hunting shooting craze right now. So here are your questions. Uh, when sighting in a brand new deer rifle and scope uh, that you haven't shot before, generally... It's best to start at a closer range, like 50 yards, to try and get on paper and work your way out. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Uh, that's a no hornswoggle. No hornswoggle, yeah. You generally want to start uh, getting it foresighted is good, but you don't want to start at the 300-yard range. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't want to start at that. Okay. <laughs> uh, open sights. If you got your grandpa's 30-30. And uh, you want the thirty point buck anyway? If your uh, if your open sighted rifle is shooting to the left, you want to adjust the rear sight to the right. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. That's right. Very yeah, good. you move it the opposite. Okay, and you won. But let's try see if you'd get the next one. Uh, wind, wind with the high caliber bullets. Of today and the aerodynamics and the uh, the, uh, the the design of the bullets, where it's uh, ballistically uh, very efficient, uh, wind will have no effect on a rifle bullet. Hornswoggle, no hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. That is a hornswoggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're surprising. Right. Yeah, That's good job. Good. All right. Yeah, congratulations for playing Kurt. there. Are you going to do some? You going to do some deer hunting this year? Yes, sir. Yeah. Have you done bow, or are you just going to do rifle? Um, I haven't done bow. Okay. No, not not this year, anyway. Okay. So you, you got to get out yet, huh? Yeah. Well, the best is yet to come. So if you shoot a deer, make sure you take it to Bucky's Fine Meats. Get the jalapeno <laughs> hot sticks there, I'm Kurt. Gonna, I'm going to try them yeah. this year. All right. All right. Sounds Great. good, man. Thanks. Thanks, Kurt. Bye now. Yeah, the Hornschwagel was brought to you by Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages in McGuanago. Kurt just won a $10 gift certificate. You can win, too, if you call next week. Uh, yeah, and Bucky's does do uh, the the deer processing out there. Yeah, they'll make it into whatever cuts you want, whatever kind of sausages or burger meat or whatever you want. Yeah, they'll do whatever, and they're right out there in McGuanago, easy to find. Go to Bucky'sMeats.com. Uh, you can find more information on there of all the different things they do. You know, it's funny. I had one of my students. I was talking because I normally bring them. Uh, Go through 20 pounds of venison burger every year. I got students asking me, when am I going to bring it in? I make either venison sloppy joes, mm -hmm. make big giant ones on Kaiser rolls, and I use a special recipe. Or uh, uh, tacos. I've done tacos, too, big giant tacos, more like a burrito. Anyway, I was telling the kids, yeah, I'm going to do it this year. And one kid's shaking his head, no. I said, what's the matter, Jose? You won't eat? No. I said, let me ask you this. Would you eat a McDonald's hamburger? He says, yeah. I said, you know what? I said, 
if you knew what went on in packing plants <laughs> with the meat, I said, uh, I said the meat is, uh, from the deer that I'm shooting, well taken care of, believe me. It's better meat than uh, than what you're going to get from where God knows where yeah, fast food God places. God knows where. So what? Oh, yeah. Well, we got to go yeah. open the door. Kyle's here. You want yeah. me to run over there and open If you the want. Door? Yeah, I mean, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. You run the show, Tom. Yeah, okay. I'll run you're the show. You're in charge, eh? <laughs> you're in charge, eh? <laughs> Oh, boy. You know, we were, we were talking about, you know, measuring fish and uh, weight of fish and, and, and things like that and and, and, you know, and we were talking earlier, too, about doing dumb things, and especially in the out-of-doors when it comes to fish or, you know, fishing or hunting, we do do dumb things. And I remember, oh, man, I, I did a couple of dumb things in muskie fishing. Now, I have not caught that 50-inch muskie yet. I have, not, I have not broken that barrier. I've come close, but I have not done it. But twice... I had, and one time a friend of mine did, uh, but twice I've had those 50 inches on. But God hates me. He, he wouldn't let me catch them. <laughs> you know, he says, nope, Tom, I'll show it to you, but I ain't going to let you put it in the boat. And one time, Danny, you've seen those big Rapala lures, uh, but, they, you know, the big musky, ra- the, 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 I forget, the Magnums that now, you use for musky fishing. Now, there's one that's with a metal lip that they still make, but there used to yeah. be a really cool one called the Husky that was yeah, uh, bought yeah, one of the right. original models floating that right. they don't make anymore. Right. Now, those hooks on there were not real thick, all right? They were your... Oh, yeah, like, that would have been the old yeah, school. they oh, were yeah. your standard hooks. Yep. They weren't real heavy-duty like we have now. And I remember I was on the South Shore over by, uh, uh, the what do you call it, the Totem Pole on Pewaukee Lake, and I'm reeling one of these in, and and it's only I mean it's only down maybe a foot and a half or so mm-hmm. you know under the water, and there was this swirl and a half. I knew right away it was a big fish. I mean it hit that bait. I set the hook. Now I had my drag set tight, and I know better that once you get a big fish on, you got your drag set really tight after you set the hook and really good. It. You loosen it up a little bit. Right. Right. No, not stupid me. That fish started going for deep water. It started going down. I just held on, and that rod went down, 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 down. And I'm just holding on for dear life, not even thinking. And I, you know, I had customers when I was guiding. I had customers that were forget everything I told them. My God, I even forgot what to do. You know, forgot everything you told yourself. I, yeah, forgot everything. And 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 the damn and and all of a sudden, you know, my rod pops up, and I go, "What the heck?" And I was all upset. And I reel it in, and sure enough, one of those hooks was. Not straight, straight out, but off to Angled the side out. where it came out, and then uh, a number of oh, it was probably about three, four years ago. I felt so bad. I had my friend Dominic, who doesn't do much. The only time he musky fishes is when he goes out with me. Right. And the first time he went sucker fishing for muskies, I told him everything what to do, and this is where I screwed up being the the guide to my friend. That was, by the way, folks, air quotes I was doing there. Uh, Okay, you know, we only there's only like eight feet of line out. We were in the narrows. Right. Twelve feet of water, eight feet of line out. He gets the hit. I won't tell you the whole story, but anyway, he sets the hook, the fish is on, and he gives it a few cranks, and all of a sudden there it is near the surface, right? I've got the net sticking out. Now, do I tell him loosen up the drag? No, what do I do? I got the net hanging out there. That fish is literally, Danny, two feet away from the net, and she's a biggie. She's a pig, all right? Right. And Two feet away. So what do I tell him? I don't tell him loosen up the drag. I say, pull it into the net. <laughs> well, with with heavy line, you know, let, you know, let's say you got 60, 70, 100 right, pound right, test right, line. Right. You got a 60 pound test wire leader. You got a hook 
that ain't going to bend, huge hooks on them, right? Right, right. The rod ain't going to break. I mean, that's heavy enough. When you when you pull that rod one way and that fish pulling the other, there's only one other thing that can happen bad. comes right out of their mouth. You rip it basically out of their mouth, right? Right. Well, he ripped it oh, out of the fish. Forcing yeah. the fish. Yes, it ripped out of the fish's mouth, when, and you could hear it go right by his face, those hooks and sinkers oh and that. Oh, my God. God. So after he loses the fish, and, and I, I felt terrible. I mean, I felt worse than he did because I'm the stupid guy that gave him the bad advice. Right. And he says to me, he says, but, he says, but seriously, how much did you save me? I said, what do you mean? He says, would I have mounted that fish? I said, you might have wanted to mount that fish. Yeah. He says, well, how much did you save me? I said, oh, a good thousand dollars, maybe five hundred to a thousand, depending. And he says, oh, well, then that, I guess that's not so bad. See, it wasn't that big of a deal to him because he's not a musky nut. To right. me, it would have been a big deal because I think that fish might have been fifty inches. Oh, so, man. but anyway, hey, listen, folks, we got to go to our update at seven o'clock in the studio. Just walked in was Kyle Drake of the DNR safety specialist. Warden does all kinds of stuff for the DNR. And uh, he's going to be uh, talking with us in the next hour, and he's also going to be picking the football picks for John Lehman when it comes time for that. And if you do have any questions for uh, for Kyle Drake of the DNR, you can call us at 799-1250. But do not be grouchy like me. Don't <laughs> don't go hollering at him about problems. Right, Danny? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Don't, don't be like Tom. Don't be like me. <laughs> Okay, we'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.